This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast, which is kindly sponsored by Shortland Horn, Coventry's leading estate agents. My name's Tom Ward. I'm joined this evening by Dean. Evening, chaps. Evening, mate. And also joined by Dave. Evening, lads. Evening. The Sky Blues had a mixed week, starting with a disappointing defeat to Nottingham Forest on Tuesday, despite a second half, good second half display, and then a 0-0 draw with Watford on Saturday. Uh, a game which the Sky Blues dominated, but weren't able to carve out a victory. How are you both feeling after this week, chaps? I'll go to you first, Dean. Uh, yeah, I was quite annoyed yesterday. I just feel like we've kind of let ourselves down this week a little bit. But I think on reflection, uh, looking back, it's not all doom and gloom, is it? You know, we're, we're still outside them relegation places. Um, the one thing that is biting us on the arse now is, is the injury list. Um, you look at yeah. that sort of, sort of squad depth and stuff like that. It's, it's not as good as it should be. Um, which is disappointing, but we're still in there. There's still, what, 18 games to go. We're yeah. still fighting. Like Kevin Keegan says, we're still fighting for this uh, for this <laughs> battle. Um, so, yeah. you know, we're, we're, st- we're still in with a shout. Uh, it's not all doom and gloom. We're just going to keep going, just grind our way. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those, isn't it, where, you know, yesterday was a weird one where we, you know, we, we all said we'd have taken a point, but then when you play that well, you you always come away a little bit disappointed that you didn't get more and those extra two points are massive at the moment, aren't they? So, um, but yeah, how are you feeling, Dave? Yeah, I think very similar, to be honest. Um, It's a bit of a shame because I think the performances have deserved more than what we've yielded from the two games. I think that's probably the the frustration. But um, yeah, I think we've put in some good performances um, and just probably not picked up as many points as we should. But you know, again, we always say once you look back at the end of the season, a draw at home to Watford with their millions and millions is a, a yeah. really, really good result. So um, I don't think you can be too downbeat. It's just we've got a tough run of games. And I think we've got to remember that. I think Mike Robbins has got to keep telling the lads that, you know, likely or possibly could be in the bottom three come, you know, four or five games time, which may not may or may not sort of be in, in your control so I think we've yeah. just got to keep you know realising there's a there's a bigger picture to this this month ahead to be honest yeah exactly we, yeah we've got to, I guess we've got to be prepared for that that we might be in that bottom three but hope that um, you know at least Cov Twitter doesn't go into complete and utter meltdown which I imagine it probably it's will all, it's but, already started yeah yeah exactly so um, we'll see on that um, let's go and look at the Forest game in, in a bit more detail um, Dave what were the match stats yeah, so we had 61% possession, which is just huge. Mm. Um, 14 shots versus their six, 36% accuracy with those. Um, and yeah, just 
the, the percent the percentage of possession is just was huge, um, which is a, a big shame when you look at the the final score. Obviously, call the cops yeah. has been a robbery. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'd be interested to know how much that possession was in the second half. I imagine yeah. quite a lot of it. Yeah, we did seem to pepper them, didn't we, for yeah. for uh, big proportions of the game and especially the second half. Yeah. Definitely. Um, in terms of the team lineups, um, not massive changes really. Obviously, Morosi was in for Wilson, which came as a little bit of a surprise. Obviously, we uh, we learned afterwards that he was ill with COVID, which is unfortunate. Obviously, we hope he's back as soon as possible because he's been doing really well for us. Um, and then Pask sort of held his held his place at, at right back. Um, probably what we expected, really, Dean. Apart from obviously Morosi. Yeah, obviously, none of us expected Morosi to come back in because Ben, you know, it's really disappointing for him because he's shown real promise so far in in place of, of Marco and a, a string of really, really good performances. I think it was only one goal in, what, six games he let in as well. Uh, so, yeah, that's that was a little disappointing. Um, I don't think that change would have been made either had it not been for the, for the no. self-isolation, to be honest. So that shows how well he's played um, to be ahead of, of the number one at the club. And like you say, pass was at right back. We stuck with that back four system. Um, I thought he did okay against Birmingham, to be honest, yeah. in, in the previous game in that same system. He made some decent interceptions and his positioning was good. And he's much better and way more comfortable in the back four than, yeah, than when he's at right wing back. So um, so that was good to see him there. Uh, to be honest, I was quite surprised the likes of someone like Jamie Allen didn't start, though. Yeah, I, mean, I, I love that. Good- Game at Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, and I look back on, at that yeah. previous Forest game and they really struggled with any pace, any men running off the ball, you know, getting in those small, intricate triangles. They really struggled with that. And okay, there's the, people have said Jamie Allen probably hasn't shown enough quality this season, which to a certain extent is, is right, but he seems to have a good understanding with Hamer and O'Hare and I thought them, them three could have caused them problems. Yeah, absolutely. it's very hard though, isn't it, for Alan? Because he's just not getting the time on the pitch to to be able to play himself into a position, mm. even is he really? Well, I think there's a good player there. I really, yeah, really do. I do as well. But I think that, like you say, Dave, he needs a string of games to build that confidence, and I think we'll benefit from that if we give him that opportunity to to get a run in the side. Um, he played a obviously. We'll we'll talk about yesterday's game later on, but. I thought he did well in, in stages yesterday. There was a few, obviously, lapses of concentration, especially towards the end, which nearly cost us dearly. But overall, um, I think he's I think he's done okay. Um, there's, there's only been one or two standout players in the whole team this season, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he, he needs that run of games to, to for us to benefit from. Yeah, up definitely. Up at this level, though, you know, up at this level, it, it's so, so important to have a good touch. And Jamie Allen's probably one of the players that we have in our squad that's got that. I think you could probably make a, you know, a, a case for some other players that perhaps don't. You know, sometimes their their second touch is a tackle, Dean. But it, it's, it, you know, Allen has got that, hasn't he? In an abundance, he's got a really good first touch, and he's 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 pacey with it. I think the problem we've got as well is that he's doing a lot of running. Him and O'Hare when they do play, there's a lot of closing down and pressing, because Max isn't going to do that when he's playing in as a lone striker. It's it's it kind of falls to Alan and O'Hare to to do all the running. Now if Godden was there, he does a lot of running. Or Walker was there, they would do a lot of running. So you might see a better Jamie Allen, a better uh, O'Hare, if we had that them them kind of guys leading the line too. Yeah, and with the, with the starting lineup, Dave, um, were you sort of happy with the, with the four at the back, or I guess with with hindsight and how we played second half, would you have preferred if we'd perhaps played the three because obviously Rose was actually fit and available wasn't he and and De Costa as well so or were you were you happy with the four at the back to start with yeah I mean I think I was fairly happy um you know one thing that's evident now is we're really scraping the bottom of that barrel um you know under 23s lads that probably didn't have a prayer of getting anywhere near the pitch this season uh, perhaps now you know coming into the fold and having to really really step up and and uh, you know earn their stripes but I think I think I was you know more than happy with the way that, that Robin set up for this and um, yeah you know I suppose we're going to move on and, and talk about the game now mm. but it, I, I don't you know on it wasn't evident that he got anything wrong early on yeah. I think yeah no it was, it was a good and we, we settled in yeah, exactly. It was a good good start to the game, and obviously Biarmi fired us into the lead early on with a with a brilliant finish, and it was also another um, assist for O'Hare. Talk us through the goal, Dean. 
Yeah, I think some credit's got to go to Ben Chief here as well. You know, he showed a bit of grit, deter- determination and tenacity winning that ball back in the middle of the park. And let's take nothing away from from Max here as well. He's worked that defender so well. Obviously, an old sky blue flame in, in Cyrus Christie. So it was, it was good <laughs> to see him go down. Um, but he carved out an opportunity with three or so Forest players ahead of him. And a great curled finish. At first, I thought the keeper might might have done better. But on reflection, he's tucked it away absolutely superbly. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing is with Max, he's got that quality, hasn't he? It yeah. just doesn't show it enough to be classed as that top striker. And I think that's probably everyone's pet peeve about him, really. You know, there's no doubting his heart, his desire and effort in a Sky Blue shirt. But it's just we need to see more of that quality. And OK, he's on one leg at the moment due to his injury. Uh, but it was great to see him uh, and a lovely celebration as well. Yeah, definitely. Just goes to show you don't need to smash it in, do you? You just sort of curl it into the corner, sort of send it on its way. And, you know, you, you see quite a lot of those goals scored, don't you? Where they, you know, it's the it's the accuracy, isn't it, more than the power? Lovely finessed, finished. I think yeah, exactly. Press the R1 button on the controller and just yeah, that's it, it into the corner. Yeah, lovely, lovely. to see. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, not too long after that, probably three or four minutes later, we gave Forrest too much space down that down their left or right and Pass got a bit done, really, to be honest. And as soon as it fell to grabbing, there was only really one place it was going, wasn't it, Dave? Yeah, exactly. The thing is, you know, we can all sit here and point fingers at, at what's gone wrong with this goal. Pask has, I know, he's been decent. I think you, Dean, alluded to the fact that, you know, he looked really sharp um, when he came on. Um, but yeah, he got this one awfully wrong. Um, he was, you know, once once the man was behind him and, and passed him, that was it. There was only one way that it was going and it was going to go in the box. But I don't think we were close enough to any of their players. You know, once once pass gets done, fine. You know, you hold your hands up as a right back. That's going to happen. That's what wingers do, take on players. Um, and once that happened, we still were nowhere near our men and we were playing yeah. catch up and Grabham was, was alive and in the box and electric and ready to... to get onto it but do you actually, think Dave that's is that an element of because I watched it back today and is there an element of that fear of giving away a penalty still creeping in because I watched it back and even sort of McCallum was coming across and he could have put a challenge in there but a player's a bit like ah I don't want to clatter someone and give away a penalty is that playing on their minds a bit because like I say everyone kind of stood off him didn't they really yeah we were just positionally just out you know is it we were just out of kilter positionally like he managed to squeeze it between two players that pass uh, and it wasn't it, you know it was at pace but it wasn't the the best of of crosses it was just you know Graham was running on all the momentum was in he reacted first basically and we were we were caught on our heels and like you say nothing else that anyone else could do once it got there it was it was always going to go in yeah, exactly. A top striker like Graben doesn't definitely doesn't miss from there. Um, Rob has obviously made some changes at halftime, switched up the system, bringing on Rose and Costa. Obviously, we switched to the, the three at back. Um, were these the right changes for you, Dean? Yeah, I think so, because as soon as they equalised, I, I think we looked deflated as a team, to be honest. It looked like it really affected us. You know, we, we sort of lost any ascendancy we had in that match. Um and it, it just got pretty flat. I don't know what you guys thought. Did you think the same? Yeah, it did. It it looked again, didn't it? Once we, once they scored, it looked like no one wanted to lose the game again. It went yeah. to that sort of that sort of style of game where people were a bit scared to to do anything. Yeah, I felt I felt like we they got back into it quite early, didn't they? And I think if we could have held on a bit longer with our lead, maybe to half time, I think it would have been quite a different game. Because they would have started getting a bit, you know, worried, and they'd have had to come at us a, a bit more. But it sort of did swing the game a bit, didn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely changed things. I, I definitely thought we were we were the team looking to to cause issues. Um, but you know, the changes it's actually quite refreshing to see Robbins make that change so quickly. You know, yeah. we all complain, don't we, all too often about him leaving it too late in games, and we yeah. moan about him doing it at half time. Um, I think there was a caller on the live who said he went too early. I, I, I kind of disagree with that. Um, it needed something to, to change at that point. Yeah, um, and I, think no, I agree. Back, I think going back to the three with wingbacks was definitely the right choice. Forrest were u- utilising their wings a, a lot more after they scored that goal. And we needed to counter that, as simple as that. And I think bringing in De Costa was a very positive move. Obviously, he's a very forward-thinking player. 
And he was absolutely superb that second half. That was one of the best performances from a player yeah. in a sky blue shirt this season, uh, for sure. I think people were questioning Robbins, weren't they, on on that signing? Obviously, all of his signings have been, you know, put under the microscope, and De Costa just hasn't had enough time to show us either way. And there was some glimpses, I think, in, in the earlier games where he showed that he was a very very strong uh, and quick, and and was able to beat players, but didn't really, you know, set the world alight. I suppose in the the small little bits of you know, minutes that he had. And then, of course, the the FA Cup fixture was a write off. I mean, we were just. We were completely not at the races. No one was. It was an awful game to, I expect, to be involved in. Um, definitely, it was an awful game to watch. And uh, I think it didn't really give him a chance to, to show. But I think this, you know, this really did show that Mark Robbins, yet again, has gone into the transfer market in Europe and, and picked up what I think is a, a bit of a gem. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd completely agree with you. Um, I think it just it just gave him that chance to sort of show what he's about, didn't it? Even the fact that we had to, you know, we had to kind of go for it a bit second half, and, and we played everything down the right. It just gave him that perfect chance to show what he's about, and just countless balls in the box and decent balls as well. Like the amount of times you see players who whip balls in that go too far or they don't beat the first man, he was hitting it low sometimes, and it was just crying out for someone to get on the end of it, wasn't it? So now it was a really really impressive performance by him. Yeah, and and hugely needed because that's not. I think we we're all a bit worried, weren't we, when when Dabo had, had gone down, and that was, it was thinking, well, what you know, what do we do now? We're we're short. Giles has gone back. No longer can we bring McCallum. I suppose yes, we've got Pask, but it was, you know, I think it side bit side a bit of relief, wasn't it, knowing that yeah. we had a player like that ready to to come in. Yeah, and I, I guess it's kudos to Robbins for having having decent options really as backup because as much as we've had injury problems, you have to say that we've never had, we've always had a player to come in in that position, haven't we? We have got decent, relatively decent cover across the pitch. I think people are, are too quick to write players off at this football club. Mm. You know, it's this is a guy who's come from France to a brand new country in the middle of a pandemic. He's got his family to think about. You know, confidence is going to be shot until he gets a run in the team. Now he can concentrate on his football. Um, it seems like his family life has settled down a bit. A bit. He's he's now used to the country, used to the club, and we might start to see better performances from him. But I, I urge the fans just to to get behind every single bloke in a sky blue shirt. Um, never mind the type of performance they they put in, because um, we just want them to do do their best for the club. And sometimes I think we forget about the bigger picture and and you know outside influences, not just about the football. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and another player who has, has sort of had to work his way back into the team really is, is Michael Rose. He's obviously hardly played at all this season, really. And you could almost tell, really, with their, their goal, couldn't you, Dave? He he just got completely caught out. Something that you, you probably wouldn't have seen him do if he'd, you know, had five or ten games to, to go. Well, not even that, really. Maybe even, a, you know, started the game. But um, he just got caught a bit cold, really, didn't he? Yeah, it was difficult. It was right at his midriff. He couldn't. He tried to get out of the way of it and couldn't do anything. I, I would question Morosi um, here, and I'd also question the chat. We we talk about this time and time again. But if someone's bellowing keeper's ball there, comes and claims it, happy days. You know, we're not even talking. We're not even having this conversation anymore because the ball's in the keeper's yeah. arms and it's up the other end, and we're attacking with De Costa on the right again. So, but we're having that... this conversation because a ball's yeah. come in which was whipped with pace but it wasn't the most dangerous of crosses we had enough men back um but i think that once morosi had, had left his, his his line to sort of come for it then decided not to uh, i think we were uh, all at sea and um rose you know sort of possibly saw it a bit late because it was whipped in and and he couldn't get out of the way of it but you know if even if that had a hit rose like it did and morosi was in the center of his goal i think he possibly could have you know got in the way yeah. carried it or do something but um do you think Rose was sort of anticipating Morosi coming for that then and got himself in a bit of a bad position he made a move Morosi made a move yeah mm. he had moved to his left 100%. Yeah. yeah and that's what you know as a defender if you're going to attack the ball and you don't then because because your goalkeeper's going for it you know we we haven't got the the the, the you know, the ability to listen to the mics or hear what was done at, at, at you know at pace. But it seemed to me, and like Dean said, Morosi's gone to claim it. For whatever reason, he's had second thoughts. He's dropped them back. But by, before he can get back, you know, Rose has, has tucked it away nicely. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it is a, 
you know, a few different errors, errors in there. Yes, Rose was cold. He'd only just come on, really not been played himself into the game enough. But I think there's got to be questions there about communication. But again, that's indecisiveness and silly individual errors that have cost us big time in lots of games this season. I can think of eight to ten goals on the top of my head that, you know, silly individual mistakes and indecisiveness have, have cost us. Yeah. And I just hope when it comes to the end of the season, we don't look back and say, oh God, we that extra point we could have got here, the extra point we could have got there, thanks to silly mistakes. And after their goal, you know, we did uh, we did create a lot. We did have a go second half, didn't we really? Um, as we mentioned earlier, you know, De Costa um, was getting some great balls into the box, but we just sort of lacked that finish really. Um, Hamer had an effort over the bar on the volley. Uh, Matty James linked up really well as well. And he was unlucky not to score, Dean. Yeah, and you know, that the cost of performance is a bit like watching Davert last year, wasn't it? You know, constantly beating his man, getting those balls into the box and, and not just helplessly crossing them in either. You know, they all went into dangerous positions or to a sky blue shirt. I mean, Hamer's two chances were pretty much guilt edge for a man of his quality, to be honest. Especially that one he put over the bar, he had so much time. But then Matty James, yeah, had a great opportunity. His first and second touches were absolutely brilliant um, and did everything right. But just that last chance challenge did enough. And, but we more than created enough to, to at least fashion an equaliser, never mind a, a potential winner, um, which was, is disappointing how many times we've said that this year. Yeah. And you sort of got that sense really, Dave, didn't you, that it just wasn't going to be our night and that we, we weren't going to get that equaliser? Yeah, I mean, look, we've not been the, the highest scorers in the league, have we, this season? And, and we've been struggling to put the, the ball in the back of the net. And that that's it. But it's made even harder when you've got 11 men behind the ball. And even though at times it felt a bit end to end, it felt like we were just, you know, you're just up against a brick wall. And the more that you put those balls into the box and the more that someone just didn't quite get there or like you say, one went over the bar, you just you just got the sense that it was going to play out and it was just going to be all, you know, not you know not quite close enough. Um, and, and that's, yeah, obviously what happened. But a shame because we did, you know, he peppered their box, but it just it just wouldn't go in, would it? It was, we were knocking no. on the door. And, uh, and I think that's why you can't be too disappointed. It's frustrating the way that we conceded. It's frustrating that we let them score an equaliser as easy as they did, um, especially after all the good work that we did. But, uh, you know, actually it's hard to be disappointed when you've, you know, you've battered a team for pretty much most of the game. You've just um, unfortunately not, not been able to do enough. And I think we've said this time and time this season, let's just hope that, you know, we can continue to try and grind out results and it will all put us in good stead for, for when we, we, we kick off next year. But obviously a lot of work still to be done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and in terms of man of the match, who's your star man, Dean? Yeah, Max Biamo for me. I think he led the line really well. First class work rate as usual. Link up play was great. Took his goal uh, brilliantly well and, and he's doing this all on one foot with his injury problems. So yeah, yeah, Max Biamo for me. Dave? Yeah, I'd have to agree. Uh, excellent finish. And I think Max has added something to his game. Uh, it's, he seems to be a lot more... I don't know, even looking back at the chances that he had in League One, and obviously they were far and few between because Matty Godden led the line for for majority of the season. So, But I think he's really stepped up and I, I can't, you know, no surprise that Robbins is, is thinking about um, typing out a new new contract because he has been, you know, especially in our hour of need, an absolute solid player. And I think he's added to his game. I think he looks top top class up top and he holds it up. Yeah, he's not got all every single attribute's not per- perfect and he's not the, you know, the most, um, you know, most delightful players to watch but I think he's put in such a shift and I I think he's been a um, we've been lucky if if you like to have a player like that waiting in the wings with all these injuries yeah Robin sort of hinted didn't he on Saturday that that a contract might be in the offing which would be which would be good to see when he he deserves it really for his for his service to the club yeah not just that you know no one wants to carry Deadwood you know we don't need it we're a championship club uh, with ambitions to stay in this league and pr- you know push on further next season the signings that we've made the, the, you know Robbins has obviously got a great eye for this and Chris Badlam for the transfer market in Europe and, and looking at places like Scotland and stuff now but yeah it doesn't that doesn't mean that players who have been with us since League 2 can't prove to Robbins that they're still you know um 
able to secure a contract and put in shifts and, and I think Max has, has improved his game I think he, he's strong up there his feet look better and he and he's starting to score goals which is it's no easy thing to do in the championship a lot of strikers uh, that are paid many many more pounds a month I would say are, are not putting in the shifts that mm. Max is week in week out yeah, I'd, uh, def- I'd definitely agree with that, Dave. Um, I'll just read out a few of our, our follower thoughts on Man of the Match. Obviously, er- after every game, we put out a tweet to ask you who your Man of the Match was. Um, Louis Jones said Julian. Daniel Davenport said Man of the Match, Biamu. Man of the Half, Da Costa. Uh, Steve Jones said Da Costa. Uh, Luke Godfrey said Biamu or Da Costa. Warren 18 said Da Costa. Paul Bonehill said Da Costa by a mile. Uh, who else we got? Grant Hines said De Costa in the second half. Um, Dave Jones said De Costa. So quite a few De Costas there, lads. I think you know people were very impressed with his his second half performance. Yeah, no doubt about it. Them two were the standout standouts, uh, yeah. standouts in, in that game. If you had to sort of sum up your feelings on that on that one, Dave, what, how do you feel about that? Obviously, it was against a, a relegation rival. It was a disappointing result, but Again, it's not. It's probably not the end of the world, is it? And that, like we've said, there's plenty more sort of chances to pick up points this season. Yeah, no, exactly. Look, I'd have been a lot more frustrated, I think, if it had been one of those games that we just didn't take, you know, by the horns and have a good go. I don't think anyone can sit there and say we didn't have a good go. I think we took the game to Forest. Yes, sloppy mistakes, and we didn't get all three points. You know, didn't even get a point. But at the same time, at least it was a performance. I think, especially in the second half, for us to be quite proud of you're listening to sky blues extra we're now going to move on and talk about the watford game sky blues entertain watford at st andrews in the lunch lunchtime kickoff on saturday uh dave what were the match stats for this one yeah so we had 48 percent possession um 14 shots versus their 13 and uh yeah you know it was a real shame really i think we you know we we, we had a really good you know, played well um we we battled with them 15 tackles versus their 11 74 duels one versus their 57 so you know we really took the game to a to a you know a premier premiership outfit really yeah definitely um and in terms of the lineups this one obviously we we changed the system we went with the lone striker we started with De Costa, so at the back we were kind of similar to to how we finished the forest game um what did you think about the the lineup dave yeah, I think it was probably what a lot of people were expecting. Um, and, you know, it, it, it worked well. Um, it was great to see, obviously, De Costa come in because with all the good work he'd done on the game before, you were really excited to see that he'd be able to, you know, if he could do that against even better opposition. So um, happy with the lineup um, and, and was glad to see, you know, De Costa in there um, following on from, from last, the last game. What did you make of it, Dean? I think we were going to play with four at the back and then we've we've watched Watford go down to QPR on Monday night and see how bad Watford are on the wing and then reverse it back to the wing backs just because we'll we'll get some some chances out of that. Um but yeah, I mean we're comfortable with that three at the back, aren't we? That's that's our system, shall we say. Yeah. Um it's just it's just a shame. Um we haven't got more options really. Um nice to see Alan back in the fold. Um, O'Hare is comfortable in that advanced position as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, it it was expected, shall we say? Yeah. And um, when I saw Watford's team come out, I was, I have to say, I was a little bit worried at first. It's <laughs> it's a really talented team, isn't it? And full of Premier League talent, as you as you alluded to earlier, Dean. Yeah, it's, it's quite laughable, really, isn't it? I mean, you look at <laughs> across that team. Uh, I mean, Ismail Saar, forty million pound player. Andre Gray's weekly wage is probably the same as our whole squad, to be honest. Um, mm. Premier League winner in Cleverly. Um, I know Jao Pedro's in the top 100 players of, of the future. So he's a future star. Um, he's well thought of. And that shows the golfing quality that we're up against in this division, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's absolutely huge. And we're punching well above our weight, that's for sure. And I think fans forget about that. Yeah, we really are, aren't we? You know, week in, week out. I mean, even even the average teams in this league are spending a lot more money than us. I think even Derby's weekly, um, average weekly wage is something like 20 grand. So, you know, we're, we're definitely um, overachieving. Um, I was really impressed with how we started this one, Dave. We looked right up for it, didn't we? 
Yeah, exactly. And like you say there, look, multi-millions more than what we've got. But I think Mark Robbins, a testament to him that he is continuing to play the football that he played that got us out of League One, which, let's be honest, isn't isn't the type of football you'd be used to seeing in League One. Um, and it, it just goes to show that we play teams off the park and we're still continuing to do that in this league. Um, it's just a shame, obviously, for some of the games, it's some some of the individual errors. But yeah, we looked, you know, we looked solid. We took the game to them. It was it was evident, you know, how the, the commentators were talking about uh, Coventry City um, taking it to Watford, that Watford hadn't had a chance, hadn't had a sniff. Um, we just looked really up for it. We were attacking. We were moving the ball really well. I think we looked really solid in the middle of the park as well. I think Matty James started the game uh, in the way that he you know, carried on and actually finished the game. But it, yeah, it was, I think, you know, we you could see that we could possibly get something from the game rather than... Yeah. Uh, you know, you'd be a bit worried seeing their their team line up, like you say. Um, yeah, exactly. But- you wouldn't you wouldn't have been able to tell what the league positions were, would you, from from watching that, especially that sort of first first half. Um, Don Goodman wasn't particularly complimentary towards uh, towards Watford, was he? No, exactly. And it, it, like you say, if you're a team that's got ambitions to be back in the Premier League, then. I don't think that means we should take anything away from Coventry because I think that they're, they're just they're playing really really good football and the football is much more suited to this league and we've said that time and time again and the way we started again was was a testament to that. Yeah, definitely. Um, Andre Gray did have an early effort. Well, it possibly a cross, but um, was sort of dipping down into the goal. But Morrissey tipped over. They can be awkward, can't they, Dean? Yes, it has shades of David Seaman and Ronaldinho, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it did. In the World it? Cup, but um, yeah, I mean, I think I think it was going over, but I mean, good to make sure that it was, and we see it all too often in that kind of opportunity, don't we, where the keepers get caught out. So it was good to see Morosi on his toes, um, and he started he started quite well, even though he's got the mask on. Um, I'm yeah. pretty sure that's uncomfortable, uh, but he Luke's started. Quite, maybe maybe it is. Maybe it's opening his eyes a bit more. <laughs> and he can see everywhere, yeah. uh, but no, he's, I mean he's, he's come back into the fold. And he's done well so far, uh, other than that that little misjudgment he made in, in the Forest game. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we played a lovely move down the right. It started with Hamer, as it always seems to. Lovely ball out to the Costa, and then it was Allen who actually lifted it back into Hamer. Um, he probably could have done with it a bit lower, really, because he he couldn't get much power on the header, could he, Dave? He could have done with one of those sort of volleys that he does. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure if he could have volleyed it, but um yeah, I think he could. I think he had time. I think he could have took it. Yeah, a he did have a bit more time. Yeah, I, I think he kind of just went with, you know, and he he is one of those players that reacts to the situation and most of the time gets it spot on. So, you know, yeah, he went with his head and, and that was it. But it just goes to show that yeah, De Costa started the game as he finished the the Forest game and he was he was a real fawn in the side down on the right hand you know, right hand side for us. And um yeah, like you say, Alan, great ball in and uh Hamer probably we would have expected him to do a little bit better, I suppose, mm. by his, his own high standards. But um yeah, maybe he could have took it on the volley. Yeah, definitely. Something we should probably bring up on this this pod is is Watford and how kind of dirty they were, Dean. Um, don't know if you boys noticed it, but it seemed like every single challenge they had their elbows up and even sort of off the ball, Deeney was like kicking people and it was almost like he didn't realise it was on Sky and that every every angle was covered. Yeah, I mean, mate, don't start me off on officials again. Um, <laughs> I mean, I thought the referee was absolutely shocking. Um, Andre Gray, you know, he, he he's lucky he only got a yellow card for that foot up challenge, to be honest. Yeah, um, bad, bad one that. Yeah, really bad. Um, Dini, like you said, he was throwing his arms around like a, a petulant child, especially when he's going for a challenge. Sorolta, was- though, wasn't it? Was it Francisco Sorolta that was just the, you know, the number one villain? You know, if anyone should have been wearing a mask, the, the <laughs> guy with the ponytail. Yeah, I mean, there was across the board there. I mean, cleverly got a, f- a few nasty challenges in. You know, he, I think he knocked Hamer over in the middle of the park and, and looked at him angrily as if he, well, like, why, why are you on the floor? Like, yeah. I didn't touch you. It's nonsense. Um, but Deeney was a, was a big culprit. I mean, he was obviously getting frustrated, wasn't he? You know, Ostergaard absolutely bullied him all game. I mean, Leo's probably sitting down for his Sunday lunch now. He's thinking, oh, what's that in my back pocket? Oh, it's Troy Deeney. <laughs> um, you can't sit down properly. But, I mean... You look at the bigger picture, the officiating has been absolutely shocking all season. I mean, let's just talk the penalty miss on, on De Costa. That's a stonewall penalty. 
Defender completely takes him out of pace, not even playing for the ball. I mean, anywhere else on the pitch, if that happens, it's a free kick. And that showed like 10 minutes later, O'Hare was penalised for the exact same thing by the corner flag. I'm just getting really annoyed by it all now. I mean, the standard of officiating, it wouldn't be out of place in the it's Sunday. It's so history. disruptive to our game as well, Dean. And, and sometimes I think Shipley had one um, right at the end of the, the game, actually. And I thought, you know what? Good for you. It was on halfway and he just kicked him. And I thought, yeah. you know what? Good. I'm glad you've done that because it, it, it felt like the right time to do it. And, you know, I'm not one that likes to sit there cheering on someone, bringing someone down on the halfway line. But you think, well, if they can mix it, then take it. And I think, you, you know, we've got to do that a bit more. Um, and every team, especially these ones like Watford and your Bournemouth, seem to do that, don't they? The reason that you can't play against these teams sometimes is that they're just bringing you down on the halfway and, and stopping any sort of momentum. Uh, it's, it's absolute nonsense. I mean, for me, it's about time officials have to come out and explain reasoning behind decisions they make or at least, you know, release the match reports. I mean, that won't happen, of course, because the FA give them too much protection. And it's not just us. I mean, I watch a lot of football. I mean, Suchak yesterday, Dean. I'm uh, literally just about to say. Yeah, I mean, that, that is, one's abysmal. It's an absolute nonsense decision. There's no decision yeah. that needs to be made there. Why is he even going to look at the monitor? That's two people have got that completely wrong. And I, I'm, for one, quite glad VAR isn't in the championship because it would just annoy the hell out of us. Um, yeah. More than, it, it, gets, it gets on people's nerves more than you know, they get the decisions right. Yeah. Um, the problem is for me as well is that, you know, it's all very well having VAR when people are watching it on TV, but it would it would actually ruin the game when you're there live because it will get to a point where you won't celebrate a goal because you'll just wait for the VAR decision. That's the final decision. And they check every goal now, don't they? They look back at like, you know, offsides, they look at, you know, things that happened a minute or two minutes before the goal went in. So yeah, like how you say, you go back that, with that though. Well, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Off? Do you go to yeah. the kickoff? Was it was the kickoff in the right direction, etc.? You know, mm. it's, it's those. It's farcical. I mean, uh, may, may have my tinfoil hat on here, but you know, our <laughs> officials making these mistakes on purpose, so you know, it gets rid of the system. You know, is, is that a possibility? I don't think. I just don't think they're very good standard. I think the standards yeah. have slipped. To be honest, I, mean, I, I actually think, think the championship standards been been dreadful. Poor. And it's not just dreadful. us. Like you say, it's not just us saying it. If you if you follow any of the the championship pages and podcasts and, and ones like that that are obviously very kind of independent and, and you know not really biased or whatever they they all say the same you know that the stand has been poor across the board in the championship and I actually think the refs were better in league one to be honest and league, and even league two and that's saying something yeah yeah it's not good but anyway let's let's move on um we had another 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 Moved down the right. Um, it was De Costa again that put a great ball in to Biamu, and Biamu sort of headed it into the ground, and it went wide. Um, felt like he he possibly could have done a bit better there, Dave. And, and, and if he got that on target, it probably would have gone in, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, hands up for anyone that celebrated. Yeah, I no. celebrated. I'm not going to lie. Literally, <laughs> I saw the net sort of bulge. I thought it obviously was. It must have hit the stanchion behind, didn't it? And and rustled the net. But it, he's got to probably do better with those. And he did everything kind of right, really. Headed it down. Again, could he have gone with his feet? Um, it was, it was, you know, actually Michael Rosemary put it in if it was, was him um, because it was a very similar height. Uh, and I just, yeah, he kind of went with his head, didn't he? And he's, he's ducked down and it, it bounced off the ground. If it, if it was on target, the keeper would have had no chance, absolutely no chance. But really good movement and I think that's one thing that we've not really spoke about is that in the last couple of fixtures Max's movement has been mm. absolutely superb it's he's been leading that line and you know that's not that's not an easy thing to do against Watford you know the, the amount of millions that they've got in in defense and I think Max played him a merry dance for for a long long periods of the game and he was just really unlucky not to get it on target yeah he was indeed um and then Haim had a had a great chance Possibly a, a city, you could even call it Dean at the back post. I think Hyam had two good opportunities to waste. I mean, the first one is probably the one you referred to, but I'm going to let him off a little bit with this one. I, I don't really think he expects it to come through to him after the came flip out on. of nowhere, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, so it was quite quick. The reaction had to be spot on, but the second one, I can't can't really say. Yeah, there again from the free kick, I can't really say anything other than he's got to score. 
I mean, mm. he rises brilliantly between both defenders there. Straight the keeper, yeah. And if he, if it goes anywhere other than down the keeper's throat, then we're, we're sitting here grinning like Cheshire Cats, to be honest. I think he struggled to get a pace on it, though, didn't he? That Like, it was sort of quite glancing. He struggled to get enough pace. I, yeah. I, I, I worry if even if it was, uh, the keeper would still save it. But w- whereas with the first one... All of the men, you know, the ball it was whipped so, you know, so hard that it was. He only had to get the right touch on it, didn't he? He only had to get a touch on it on target, and I think again, it, a bit like Biaru's, it would have been really difficult for the keeper. Um, but a glorious, glorious chance, really. And I think, I think, yeah, you're right, Dean. Two good chances, and, and Hines probably kicking himself. Mm. Yeah. Um, De Costa went down a bit worryingly, looked like concussion at first, but I think we've since learned that it's actually a migraine, so he should be absolutely fine. But it was unfortunate really in the game because obviously then it meant we had to bring on Pask, which I think Pask had a, had a good game, but it felt like we kind of lost something in terms of going forward on the right. But I do think Pask had a very good game defensively, Dave. Yeah, and look, it's one of those, he, he obviously isn't as comfortable going forward as Dabo and, and as clearly as, as De Costa as well. So yeah, absolutely spot on. We did lose that sort of out ball that De Costa gave us. Um, but yeah, you've got to you've got to go back to basics and say, you know, Pascal's doing a good job. It's very difficult, isn't yeah, it, to make no, a step did. up from where he is in his career and, and the amount of professional football that he's been exposed to. And at the moment, you know, he's sitting in, he's standing up Premiership start you know premiership worthy players it's um it's not a difficult task and i think in majority of the games he's he's looked solid and 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 enough i just think that he's probably one thing with pass for me is that i think he's a little bit he, he sometimes whether it's a confidence thing or he sort of hedges his bets but sometimes he's at a halfway house he's neither mm. on on their touch or or dropped back enough to to um, stand a, a player up, and I think that's what we saw at Forest, and and saw that a few times um, where he looks to be just a little bit out of position. At times, things look like they're just happening a little bit um, mentally. I would say in terms of positions, uh, you know, yeah. where he is positionally, it all seems to happen a little bit too quick for him. And I think that's probably him getting himself into positions that are, um, you know, not not as correct as perhaps a player that's been playing at this standard for a, for a long, long yeah. time. But that that will come. But I think, yeah, it, you know, he'll only learn, unfortunately, the hard way um, by being out of position. But I think that's the only thing with Pask. I think when he's coming onto the ball um, and when he's, you know, 50-50s, he reads them really well. And I just think sometimes positionally he's, you know, but he's got a bit to learn, but that will come. You know, he's a young, young player and he's he's up against some of the, the you know, best best uh, wing wingers in 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 the country mm. yeah completely completely agree I think he he did put in some good tackles at time and he, he kind of frustrated them a little bit didn't he down the sort of their left yeah exactly but like you say agree we did lose that attacking prowess yeah down, attacking wise yeah and um you know Watford did sort of pile on the pressure late on which was inevitable really I suppose um we opted to bring off O'Hare and Hamer and bring on Gokeres and Shipley um what did you think of this, Dean? Was this a sign of kind of sitting in for a point to an extent, Dean? Yeah, a little bit. And to us, I can't really blame Robbins. I thought no. Hamer and O'Hare were, were pretty much completely zapped of all energy. Um, you could see errors starting to creep in from both of them. And that's just the case of having played four games in yeah, 11 a bit days. Timeless. Yeah, understandable. Um, it was the right call, but tough because obviously they're our most influential and attacking threats. Problem is, our, our bench is lacking in any real quality or that game changer who, who can make a difference, especially when you're looking to get that winner. Um, mm. But it, it probably did probably have one eye on Watford were slowly creeping back in um, yeah. and needed to get some bigger guys onto the pitch. Yeah, definitely. And um, there were a couple of heart and mouth moments at the end. Obviously, Deeney hit the bar. Everyone seemed to sort of leave it. Um, but, it, you know, if we're being honest, it would have been absolute daylight robbery if, if they'd left St Andrews with three points, wouldn't it, Dave? Yeah, it would have been. And look, I don't think anyone's going to expect Watford coming to town and not having any chances. And yeah, of course. It goes to show you just what a fantastic performance this, you know, the Sky Blues put in to limit them to, to what we're talking about, two or three chances um, at the end of 90 minutes. So to be able to limit a team with that much quality... You know, I don't care if people say, oh, they weren't at their, their best or they weren't on their, their game. Um, they obviously weren't great against QPR from what 
you know, from what we understand. But they, you know, they weren't poor. I just think we yeah. outplayed them. We outmuscled them. We were quicker to the ball. We wanted it more. Um, and unfortunately, just a few lacking in a little bit of quality. And again, we, we, we say this time and time again, but that is probably because of where we are. We haven't got a 15, 20 goals a year striker and we haven't put the ball in the back of the net. But yeah, you're not going to have a game of 90 minutes against premiership quality team uh, and not have a few heart and mouth yeah. moments but um I do think know. they were poor though Dave I mean especially first half I just I, I thought they were a really really poor side they gave the ball away a lot you know for a team of that much quality and a team that's supposed to be pushing for automatics I just think they weren't great and they you know by all accounts it's been a similar story away from home all season for them I think yeah, they've been poor all year, to be honest. Yeah, yeah but I think we, we frustrated them as well. And that's 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 yeah. the thing. Yeah. You know, teams like that want to come to places and have it all their own way. And if that doesn't quite seem to be happening, they they were in a game where they were gonna to have to work for it. And I'm I'm not sure they look like a team uh that wanna work for it. They have a lot of, you know, brilliant individuals, but they don't to me look like a team that are willing to go through through the brick wall for the manager and for the for the team and that that will you know will really hinder them i think and they're already yeah. calling for his head the manager well the you know it, you can, you can see months. it can't you because it, they looked void of any sort of passion for me they 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 just looked look they look second best to a team that are at the bottom of the league um there's mm. no no um excuse for work rate is there and i don't think they had that there whereas it, we talked about the great start that we made from from the first whistle to the final one matty james you know uh, led the line as a captain and everyone else followed suit and you know we're trying to be first to the ball we're trying to win tackles we're going up for headers they they seem to be second best all over the park and I think that that yeah I think they'll struggle this season you know to to get where they want to get by playing like that mm. yeah absolutely I think you you hinted at it there Dave but who was your man of the match yeah, I mean, it's got to be Matty James, isn't it? He, he, I hope, is going to be in a Coventry City shirt for a long time. Um, he, he looks like a, just an absolute, you know, superb player, both defensively. His reading of the game is is like, you know, it's Tom like Hodge. he's... Yeah, it's like he's in the Matrix. He knows what's happening <laughs> before it's even going to happen. Um, and he, you know, he did. He has got us out of quite a few sticky situations already, and it's probably gone unnoticed because they've not, because they've not gone on to be chances. But he's, you know, he's he's breaking up plays, blocking things, he's making things happen. Go, um, and yeah, I mean the stats also, you know, they speak for themselves. Really, he he was all over the place. Um, you know, 82% pass accuracy, five interceptions, four clearances, even blocked a shot. Um, and, you know, his who scored rating was 7.33. So, it, it, yeah, it was an absolute magnificent performance from, from Matty James. Nice, Dave. Backed up with some stats as well. Can't argue with that. Um, Dean, what did you think? Yeah, I don't have any stats. Um, but Doesn't even, count with me. Real, sorry. No, sorry. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there. No, a, a real captain's performance, wasn't it, Fatty James? I mean, he was everywhere. And that's absolutely massive stroke getting him in the in the door. And just, I just pray to God that we can we can keep him long term. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? There was a I think there was a poll on Twitter that someone put out saying, "Who would you rather keep, Ostergaard or?" James are not necessarily going to be that we have to pick between the two, but it yeah. sparked up quite an interesting debate, didn't it? Around sort of, you know, the fact that Ostergaard's a younger player and he's got more sell-on value because, you know, I guess the ethos of the club is always what's the sell-on value of a player. Um, and obviously, I think Matty James is, what, 29, nearly 30. Um, so he's not, you know, he's not getting any, any younger. But, you know, if we get two or three years out of him, um, then I think he'd be, he'd be a definitely worth a worth a shot I think yeah we need to consolidate our position in the championship and the likes of him could yeah. help us who, do that who do you replace him with Dean you know when you think well, about Kelly going be out back to in the market need, but... when, you, when you think about going out to the market yeah and, and I, I said this look Kelly's magnificent player but I think Matty James has everything that Kelly has and probably does it just that little bit better I think yeah. um, and he, he you know he really does and I think when when you look at where we are in financial, I think we're going to struggle to get anywhere near what what he is. You know, I agree with you, mate. Went back into the market, and I think we should be doing everything that we can 
sadly though um like you said with with that poll if that was the decision that mark robbins had to make it would be a very very tough one because again we've we've not really got i don't think anyone that looks like they can replace fads as a central defense you know defensive um sort of sweeper and i think ostergaard did that fantastically i mean he won absolutely every header in that final third for watford and i think he, he you know he looked like a real a real um, super, you know, a real superb asset at, at sort of that sweeper system, and I think he he, he showed that he was probably more comfortable there. Really, mm. I don't think that is a a hard decision to choose between the two. I think it's Matty James one hundred percent. If you get if we get three years out of a Matty James and we stay in the championship, that's probably worth nigh on one hundred and fifty million pound. Okay, yeah. we buy Ostergaard and sell him for what fifteen million potential potentially. Yeah. I, I, there's no question. I agree. I agree with you, Dean. I, I was of that way of thinking as well because I think it's it's probably easier to find a centre half in that position, you know. And yeah, you know, there's even players. We have a like, really good one in the youth team, by the way. Jordan Thompson is going to be a star. Yeah, Thompson. There's Drysdale. You know, there's there's players who could. I mean, like you look at people like Michael Rose. You know, we and and Hyam and our, our defensive players actually really have been like youth player, like you know, younger players we bought in and developed or youth players or whatever. And over the years as well, when you think about people like Jordan Willis and players like that, whereas I think to have someone like Matty James, I think they are really hard to come come across. And the fact that we're possibly right place at the right time in that he's out of contract to Leicester is probably yeah. a big sort of turning point in his career, really. He'll be thinking about the fact he's nearly 30 and wants to play as much football as possible. You know, we've heard that his family possibly live in the Midlands and that's why he was keen to move down from Barnsley so there's probably a few things going in our favour yeah. and it's probably a great chance to sign someone like him and for me it's all about establishing ourselves in the championship you know if we if we want to stay in this division for more than you know a season or two then we need players like him and if it's him and then we've got Kelly as, as a backup then fantastic like that's yeah. that's how we strengthen as a not just a team but as a squad no, hundred percent, and um, yeah, he, you know, he let he led the line like a captain as well, and he seems to make players, you know, good players. Don't get me wrong, individually they play brilliantly, and he he stopped crosses, and we've seen there he made passes, and his completion rate was fantastic. But I also think about the impact that he's had on Hamer's game since he's been in the middle of the park, and also Sheaf, um, who, you know, I, I think Sheaf's played so much better by by having Matty James alongside him and um I think he gives he gives the others the ability to go out and and express themselves and and links up play with them that that much better and uh yeah I think he's he's you know we should do everything we can to to keep him at the sky blues yeah and uh in terms of our followers they all pretty much unanimously agree that Matty James was man of the match I'll just read a few of these out Spud went uh, Matty James, Mike Smith said Matty James by a mile. Also a special mention for Ostergaard. James Hone said Matty James by a mile. Chris, McGar Chris McGrath said Matty James. Um, Graz said Sky got it right for once. James. Nigel Green said Matty James and Max Biamu equally. Uh, Harry Chataway said Matty James class act once again. Um, Chicago Phil said Matty James seemed to be everywhere today every time they got a cross or a shot it seemed to be his block or clearance um, and George went for Biamu he said for me it's Biamu great work rate held at play well and caused Watford a lot of problems so yeah general consensus from our followers that uh, Matty James was the man of the match um, so just thinking about generally overall lads um, how do we feel about a point with that one I think you know it could have been more but it, you know, it's not it's not the worst result in the world, is it? No, no. I mean, it's a good point, obviously, against a, a, a potential um, promotion chasing Watford team. But on the grand scheme of things, when you look at how the other results have gone now, it's disappointing not to have all three in the bank, which I think we thoroughly deserved. I mean, it's tightened up there, hasn't? hasn't yeah, it the really bottom. has. And we'll perhaps start to look over our shoulder a little bit, but. Look at the bigger picture. I mean, three points for us next week, next week, and we're back within that pack of eight teams. You know, who are battling for what seems to be two positions. It's it's nerve wracking, um, and it's going to be a challenge. But let's embrace it. Yeah, definitely. I think it was um, it was a bit weird, sort of having the early kickoff on on Saturday because it then meant 
well, I don't know about you boys, but I was kind of glued to my phone watching the other results come in and got a bit kind of obsessed with it, possibly even cursed it by tweeting saying that I was praying for the other results. But yeah, you do you do end up sort of looking over those other results, Dave, don't you, when really you just want to be, I guess, focusing on your own. Yeah, exactly. But that is the position, look, not by anyone's fault, I don't think, but that is the position we've put ourselves in. We've had a lot of fixtures this season where we probably couldn't put them to bed um, mm. and arguments to say that we probably could have put this game to bed. Um, and we definitely, if you had to look at the highlights, you'd look at the t- chances that were created. And um, like you say, some were sitters. We we didn't, you know, for whatever reason, didn't put the ball in the back of the net. That's been the story of the season so far. And I think we'll be, be ruined that because, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to be dragged further and further into this relegation battle. And it's not something we expected to not be in at the start of the season. But I think we'll probably be cursing ourselves a little bit, having to now look out for what other teams are doing. Because, yeah, that's no fun at all, is it, when you're trying to just enjoy the football and, and watch, you know, having to look over your shoulder all the time and, and teams are starting to pick up points. And, and this is what we've said, you know, the games like Birmingham, they're the games that we really needed to, to go all out for and get the points because there are so many freak results in this league. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. The Sky Blues travel to Cardiff in the CCFC derby next Saturday. Um, Cardiff currently sitting 16th, although they do play Rotherham mid- midweek. Slightly strange one because I guess we'll be sort of hoping they get a result there, really. Um, I'm going to make my weekly statement, lads, and say that this is a massive game for the Sky Blues. No. What are your thoughts, Dave? Yeah, I mean, every game is massive, <laughs> isn't it? It's we could just record uh... this bit and just play it for each pod, couldn't we? Yeah, and it's just, it's one of those that, look, it, it, we've got to really show a, uh, we've got to turn up again and show that we you know we want to be in this 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 um league and and that we're not going to go down without a fight and they're teams that we we can turn over so yeah huge game and i'm sure you know the lads all know that and and it's good to see that they've got a bit of a rest as well before that uh, yeah absolutely i think that, that week will uh, will definitely do us some good and hopefully get a few people back towards fitness um Cardiff have been a strange side this season. They've been very, very inconsistent. Um, after we beat them in November, they went on a really long winning streak, but have since found themselves in dreadful form and have been sort of plummeting down the league. I suppose this makes it quite hard one to predict, Dean. Um, so yeah, give us a bit of a lowdown on on Cardiff. Yeah, I don't know about you two, but I thought Cardiff were probably one of the worst sides we've, we've faced this year. Mm, yeah, um, They showed no quality in that game. Uh, I mean, Giles and Walker ran them absolutely ragged that night. Um and, and yeah, and, and since those that winless, uh, sorry, that since that win streak, they've been on a real barren run. I think it's one win since the middle of December and before yesterday's victory at, at Bristol City. I mean, that result tells you everything you need to know about this division, doesn't it? The form book goes completely out the window. Um, they've had a change of manager. Mint McCarthy's now in there to try and steer them away from the relegation zone. And, and make no mistake about it, they are a team while in the mix at the bottom of the table. Um, and yeah. there's a real chance Cardiff could slip out of his division. Um and, and we've got to go go there with with positive intent, like Dave said, and and show that we deserve to to be one of the teams staying up. Um they've had a couple of incomings since our last meeting. They spent one million pound on Max Waters from from Crawley, um who's banged them in at League Two this year. I think he scored 13 goals before he made the move and look there's a difference again, a million pounds spent on a player in January. You know, we, we, we just don't have that, them assets to, to match that. Um, and they, they also brought in Johnny Williams as well. One of the stars of the Sunderland Netflix documentary. Yeah. yeah. Um, he played the child for a bit, didn't he as well? He did, but guess what? Johnny Williams is injured again. Uh, he's only been oh, there dear. a week. Um, and I feel he, for him, haven't you really? Yeah. He's, he's picked up a, another training injury. They've also got concerns over Kiefer Moore. Um, and and their keeper Alex Smithies went off yesterday after nine minutes mm. with some kind of mystery illness. Um, he didn't yeah. look well Presumably at all. That wasn't what... tactical. No, obviously, obviously not. But um, nah, yeah, very strange, right, strange one. Yeah, yeah, yeah they they're unsure on what on what that was at the moment from from reports. Yeah. So, an interesting one there. Strange. Maybe you had a dodgy curry the night before. Did you cook him one or probably <laughs> wasn't? One of your prawn bonus, was it? Yeah, possibly. Maybe that was it. Um, how do we think Robbins is going to set up for this one, Dave? Um, I, I, it's a tough one, isn't it? I think 
I'm just trying to go through who's who's not injured. Actually, I'm trying to think of who who we can actually line not, up with. Not but, many, mate. Not many left after you take them out. But yeah, um, yeah. It's a it's a difficult one. I'm not sure if he'll go um, back to the sort of with a week's rest. I can probably see him going back to that two up top with um, Biamu and um, Jokeres, perhaps. Well, but three at the back still. Or yeah, and with yeah. Uh, with O'Hare on that as that three. You know where they sort of just sort of flip-flop didn't they so O'Hare was probably sitting behind but most of the time he he was leading the line and Max and Jokeres were playing playing as uh, wide right and left at times so yeah maybe maybe he'll, he'll he'll do that what do you reckon Dean yeah he won't alter too much from the from the um, from the team that ended the game I would imagine um, versus Watford obviously Hamer and O'Hare will, will, will definitely play after a week's rest but if you remember, we 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 changed the team completely for that for that Cardiff game, putting Giles further up the pitch, um, and we we I think we just come off a off a loss, didn't we? So I, I don't think it'll it'll change with tradition too too much. Um, I'm like Dave, I think he'll he'll play the two up top, but I think it's just we, what what we lack is pace. You know, pace, pace, pace. That's one thing that we lack, you know, that was the secret to the success in that game. Walker was making brilliant runs. Giles was just running at them. So hopefully DeCosta's okay because he'll offer some pace on that right-hand side, but it's vital we use him. I mean, look how many times yesterday he was in acres of space and we never really used him to his full extent. Yeah, um, it was that one that was screaming out for, was it uh, Hamer, I think, or Allen to, to shift it out right, wasn't it? And uh... yeah. So we just need to utilise him a, a lot more in this game, and I, I think um, we'll we'll get a good return out of it. Yeah, hopefully. Um, and, and fingers crossed, Walker won't be too far away from fitness as well. You know, I don't know what the latest is, but you like to think that he possibly could be on the bench on on Saturday. Well, the latest was he was running and he trained well on Friday, and Robin said he pushed him on Friday uh, quite a bit. So another week in him as well. Yeah, hopefully there's not too much fallout from from a hard session last Friday. He also trained on the day of the game as well. So, fingers crossed he might be back into the fold. It'll be too early to go back into the straight into the team, but um, at least a, a substitute appearance potentially. But hopefully we just don't rush him back because yeah. look what happened with Godwin. We rushed him back and now he's pretty much out for the season. So, um, you know, if we don't have to use him, hopefully we're 2-0, 3-0 up comfortably and we don't have to... <laughs> Relying him to come on that and change the game, and um, that's that. That be the ideal situation. Dream on, Dino. Yeah, dream on. <laughs> and uh, I'll grab a score prediction from you both, uh, Dave. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've been looking at, at Cardiff in you know, and they've been plummeting. But one thing that does worry me is how many goals they've scored from set pieces. Forty-six percent of their get their goals this this year. Sixteen have come from set pieces and. Uh, sometimes our defensive um, from set piece, you know, leaves a little bit to be desired, I think. So that that's a bit of a concern. And I think, you know, Mark Robbins has got to get the lads completely switched on for this one because they are a team that have scored, you know, most of their goals from, from set pieces. Um, it's going to be tight. We say that every week. We know it's going to be. Um, but I think it's probably going to be even Stevens at, at, at 1-1. Where are you putting all these stats from, Dave? Uh, just you know, I'm like uh, you're, you're man, slow, it's been a slow day, has it? I'm like Statle. rain man, mate. Statle, statle. Yeah, uh, that's good though, mate. Um, Dean, what do you reckon? Yeah, I, I think we'll win. To be honest, um, I don't, I, I don't think we we should be too scared of this Cardiff team, and we just got to go out with good application and good intent, and I think we'll win comfortably. Um, so I'm going to go for a two 0 victory. Yeah, and we'd, uh, we'd definitely take that. That'll be very welcomed. Um, thanks a lot for your contributions. As always, chaps, that's all we've got time for. Um, listeners, don't forget to check out our partner, Shortland Horn, on their Instagram and Facebook pages. They've got some cracking properties across Coventry, so do have a look at those. Also, make sure you join us live at full time on Saturday for all the reaction to the key moments. You can also join us live in the studio, and the links you'll need will be posted at half time. so look out for those. And as always, you can get involved in the conversation on our social media channels. Just make sure you use the hashtag SkyBluesExtraPodcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast. The TalkSport 
Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.